0: Welcome to the Atypical Rainbow. I'm Paul. And I'm Grant. Uh, And this is our final episode of Season 1. We've decided to end it in honour of uh, Christmas coming up. We want to talk about family celebrations as part of the series His and
1: History. We're going to talk about both our history of Christmases as parents, as well as how we've adapted to the kids' autism when it comes to large group events. So I remember the first, the kids' first ever Christmas, it hailed. So everything was white. And we're like, it's Melbourne and they're having a white Christmas. <laughs> this was not going to happen very often. But I also do remember that on the kids' first Christmas, we thought that we could take them and see everyone everywhere because we were naive.
0: <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's funny because this is uh, a problem that I've, ...never really had to encounter... ...because I grew up in a very small family... ...so uh, my dad didn't have any family in Australia... ...my mum had a sister who she got along with okay... Uh, ...but my cousins and I got along really well... ...but you know at most that means... ...that that there would be maybe eight of us at, at a Christmas... ...and there was never this idea about... ...having to go to both sides of the family... ...like it was just everyone all at the one place... ...and so marrying into your family with the you know each of your parents coming one of four siblings and then
1: various obligations it was a bit of a culture shock for me yes i can imagine that i think this year due to covid we're having a small christmas so it's eight people so our small christmas yay i'm excited your normal your normal Christmas. it is my ideal autistic christmas <laughs> Um, but yes, so we thought that we would be able to go to my parents' house um, for lunch and then my aunt's house or my dad's sister for like probably not dinner so much as like sort of a late afternoon meal. Uh, then the kids decided to have a nap. And we realised, no, that wasn't going (laughs) to happen. And that was already, I guess, accommodating the fact that your parents, I think, were travelling. So we we weren't even trying to see them on Christmas Day.
0: Yes. Admittedly, we're lucky in that my parents have never been particularly stringent about having Christmas celebrations on a specific day. They've been quite relaxed about it. I think largely because... Uh, you know, our family, while we, you know, were grew up Catholic, our family was never particularly committed to the idea of Christmas on a specific day. So that that actually worked out quite well because I know other um, other friends who have this kind of in inverted commas family conflict where they have to kind of negotiate who gets Christmas Day, which is frankly a really spurious discussion. But, uh, but maybe. I don't see what the significance of it is. Like, the day itself shouldn't matter. It matters that... if The point is you want to see people because you enjoy their company. I don't think it necessarily matters
1: what the day itself is. Yeah, but I guess having some sort of schedule is fairness. I thought you'd be all for that with your autism. I guess fairness is in either beholder,
0: because it depends on what is important, what you define as fair, I mm. guess. And you got to, again, figure out what your priority is. If your priority is sticking to a schedule... But and then you that means that it supersedes the point of a family event, which is to see each
1: other. Well, yeah, but I guess if the point is everyone wants to see you on Christmas, then a schedule means that the compromise, while not perfect for everyone, which is that you run around like a crazy person seeing everyone in one day. At least everyone's on the same playing field in the compromise. I guess.
0: I mean, look, we obviously had. In, in a funny way, the luxury of having children, young children, and then children with autism. In that we could then kind of go, sorry, the kids aren't going to be able to cope with this. Bye.
1: <laughs> yes. But we also kind of just did what we wanted to do and didn't worry about the consequences of it.
0: Which, again, should, is, is independent of anything other than just us deciding for ourselves, this is what works best for us. In spite of the initial feeling of familial obligation.
1: Yes. So, what we ended up doing and um, in, in the kids' first year, and we continued for many years, um, was for, to have a Boxing Day visit with my grandmother on my dad's side. Because,
0: realistically, she was probably the person you were actually close to. It's not that you necessarily disliked your dad's side of the family, nor do you still now, really. I think we just weren't particularly close at any point, and so... The priority wasn't really to see all of them. It was mostly just to see your grandmother.
1: And also, I think that by the time we got there, um, some of my cousins might have gone to their second location. Mm. So even going there after lunch at my parents' house or my aunt or my mum's side's house didn't guarantee we'd see everyone. Yeah. We'd normally see my nan, but also she'd often be tired because she was getting on in her life by that point. And she had had a stroke as well. So, Oh yeah, was... she had a stroke many, many years ago. Yeah, um, But yeah, so she, you know, she was in the nursing home and she'd come out for Christmas. But then by the time we get there, it would have been a few hours. So she might be a bit more worn out. Mm. And that was less of an issue on the early years after she had the stroke and more of an issue as the years progressed. So being able to go on Boxing Day fresh in the morning. So the boys were fresh. She was fresh. And it was all focused on her spending time with them, which yeah. I think worked quite well. I thought so, too. And no one ever had an issue with it. Mm. Um, and my parents would often come as well, which wasn't an option if they were hosting people, guests, still at their house. Yeah. So, you know, they got to, you know, see her interact with her great-grandchildren. So, it worked for everyone.
0: Mm.
1: Um, and we did it for basically all the years left of her life. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, your parents... I think, at least for most of the boys' life, have been away for Christmas Day. I think it stopped in the last couple of years.
0: Yeah, although I'm not 100% sure why they did it that specifically. Like, I always I, thought it was cheap flights, to be honest. Why would flights get cheaper around Christmas? Well, no, I guess if you, if
1: you flew on Christmas Eve and you weren't getting anywhere until, like, the 26th.
0: Yeah, okay. So, if your goal was to arrive somewhere by
1: Christmas Yeah, Day. like, if everyone if everyone who was coming to Australia flew in on the planes, mm. and then their, their planes had to go somewhere away, but no one's like, I won't get anywhere by Christmas, I'll be in the air for Christmas, your parents are like, yes, cheap flights. <laughs> I don't know if that's the case. That's always been my theory. I've never actually seen women to ask whether that's true. It might also be that, because I, I thought... It might should... also do the days off. Like, because they travel with their friends, and maybe that was... Everyone was like, okay... We work up to the 24th or 23rd. Yeah. And this is how do we maximise the, you know, days that everyone has off from their jobs.
0: That's probably true. Although, you know, the last few years they've just been going to Vietnam because my parents support an orphanage uh, up near Ho Chi Minh City and, um, or a few hours away actually, but in that kind of region. And maybe that, maybe that's the other thing as well. To be honest, I really should be asking this question. I'm kind of moot now, because it hasn't happened for a few years. But maybe well, they want to be there for Christmas. Because again, these are, these are Christian, well, Catholic or, um, orphanages. So maybe they have place more significance on the holiday. Whereas, you know, me and my little family, because my mum and her sister had a falling out. So then the big family Christmas has stopped being a thing. Um, and then it was just like the three of us, really, uh, before the kids came along and you mm. came along.
1: Um, I don't know. Different Again, different priorities. Well, the first Christmas I knew you worked. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that. So I, I went into state for Christmas and you were working on Christmas Day. Mm. So that was... Yeah, so we didn't spend our first Christmas actually together. <laughs> yeah. We had only Which been together for like four matter. months at that point. Yes, but we were madly in love, Paul. You forget these things. <laughs> I really have forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but as I said in a previous episode, uh, with shift workers in the family... Someone not being available on Christmas because they weren't going to hospital was not actually that weird for my family. Yeah, fair. See, I I actually have a video recording of
0: their first Christmas at your parents' place. And the video goes on for probably an hour, an hour and a bit. And I actually deeply regret doing that because, you know, they were, what, six months old? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. You know, they didn't really get what was going on. They didn't understand no. it. We we bought them some very
1: cute Christmas onesies. Yeah, so were... and Matt wore that till he pooped all over it. And then <laughs> at some point in Christmas, he wasn't wearing the matching <laughs> cute outfit with his twin brother. See, but what it was I... covered in poo. And... Yes, indeed. What I... see, what I regret is not taking a video of the first time they actually understood Christmas. You probably did because you you were taking videos of them opening presents for a while. I think. You probably have a video somewhere of when they first realise presence.
0: Mm. Maybe I don't know. I just it doesn't feel significant. I definitely didn't take the full hour. Like it might have been like mm. snippets of two to five minutes or something. You know. You know. Every now and then, I like. I do enjoy looking back at those videos and looking back at those photos. I think the other day the kids found this like video message I'd sent to my old uh, friend from France, and I can't remember how old they were, but just seeing it again. Yeah, and seeing, pretty little. Yeah, they are quite. They were. They. They. they it it can't have been. They kind of been that old. Yeah, it just, it's nice to be able to look back at those things. And I think that's what I'm, I i regret about the Christmas is not doing more of that kind of stuff. Okay. Because just the firsts. Like, it didn't have to be every year, because at some point it kind of loses its impact.
1: But those firsts, I think, would have been nice But also, if you were videotaping, that probably means you were involved, which is a good thing. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Love Rather than living life through a lens and all that. Yeah. Mm. Rather than being on the other side of a camera from their first true Christmas understanding. Yeah. Like, I, I think I remember, like, doing a Facebook post, because they sort of come up again, mm. where it's like, um, Matt has d- ha- Matt has worked out the, what presents are, and Jake kind of hasn't, so Matt's opening all checks. <laughs> <laughs> I think Christmas
0: got better when your brother met the love of his life and brought her kids along. So she had three kids from a previous relationship, and they're all... Great kids, just really like enthusiastic, and they love Matt and Jack. They're just like really caring and responsible for them, which is amazing. But I think just that kind of shared experience with someone of a similar age, and being able to share the excitement of opening presents, was really significant. Because they had a there's another cousin who was much closer to their age, but we just as a family weren't that close to them. So you mean with Christmas or in general? In with well, both. I mean, because that, that impacts it. Because you know, we see your before they moved away. Um, we used to see your brother uh, and sister-in-law and their family. You know, on of various occasions, mm. birthdays and other things. Whereas the 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 little the, you know the cousin, like the distant paternal cousin that we see only once a year. Their second who is, cousin, yeah. Who is lovely and she, they're like they're a great family. We're just not that close to them.
1: Yeah, but I think also I think early on when. There's just, like, three six-month-old babies. They're not really going to do anything together. Yeah, true. It's just that there is three six-month-old babies. Yeah. Whereas I think having the kids who are a couple of years older allowed them to sort of take a leadership role and, like, organise a game of hide-and-seek with the twins. Or take the twins for a walk or show them something or talk to them about something. So I think that age difference made a difference. Whereas, yeah, like, with the other... With my cousin's kids who are, like, closer in age to them, they're, like, the same age, and they... So, weirdly, they didn't bond as closely as they did with ones who are older and could take a leadership position. Hmm. But, you know, our
0: kids do generally do better with guidance, so maybe that's part of the autism thing, too, and just not knowing how to initiate the social interaction.
1: But even um, when the kids interact with a child who's a couple of years younger than them, and they can take a leadership position, um, that often works well like they we have a friend who has a daughter who's a few years younger than the boys and calls the boys big brothers and mm. and they really like running around with her and playing with her toys even though they you know are kiddie toys for them they're like, oh, you know, we're playing with a kid. Yeah, Ben, <laughs> Even they're not that much older than.
0: <laughs> and also, again, looking at it from an autism perspective, kids' toys have produce, you know, have more color and produce more sound. So there's a lot of sensory stimuli there that I think
1: is undervalued. I think. Yeah, but, you know, you're the one who got rid of all their, all these kitty toys, so maybe you're the one who needs to learn that. I didn't
0: get rid of it because they were, like, inappropriately aged. I got rid of them because they stopped playing with them. A well, difference. obviously, they didn't meet that requirement.
1: They need a small child to be with them as well.
0: Maybe it is. Maybe they just needed the purpose. They needed, yeah. like, this is what the small child has. Plus, you know, her toys are probably fresher and nicer and prettier. You know, Jake, Jake has, had fallen in love with um, one of her unicorns. He wasn't a unicorn kid and still isn't really. Like, he hasn't suddenly become obsessed, but he really enjoyed hugging the unicorn. I think because the unicorn material is very soft. Again, sensory stuff. He's
1: having the same thing with the puppy blanket.
0: Yes, he really is. I think we need to buy him a puppy blanket too. <laughs> Maybe that'll be his Christmas present. He's um, in my jokes now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's the problem with having the same brain. Well, Uh, that's the problem with listening to my jokes and then saying them on a recording. (laughs) I don't remember you saying it. I said, did you want one for Christmas? A puppy blanket. Oh. Yeah, I I have... That's okay. You filed away awesome jokes. No,
0: I have puppy parent brain. I'm very tired and I don't remember when things occurred or what time of day it is or where I am. Or whether it was me or an internal thought. (laughs) Once again, same brain. It all sounds the same. Uh, so, birthdays is is the other thing as well. So, birthdays is often the big get-together kind of celebration that we've had to kind of navigate with the kids. Mm Because I remember their first birthday, we, well, we did what I now realize to be a really naive thing that a lot of current parents do. Which is to try and, you know, create this big celebration around a child. Forgetting that the child still naps... He, he or she may nap at various times and they actually don't understand what's going on so that we we bought them the smash cakes which again in concept sounds great except neither matt nor jake understood what the purpose of the smash cake was and as people tried to get in their... did encourage them they got in their face and they started and then matt and jake would scream and cry they're like why are they not enjoying this smash cake and this is before they were diagnosed but even then look it, just looking back you're like why
1: did we think they would enjoy the smash cake like what that wasn't a logical thing to do their first birthday was hilarious though because i think matt went went down for a nap for a few hours and then people were like i kind of have to go so we like sang happy birthday to jake Which was a good plan, because then Jake fell asleep. So Matt woke up, so we just took Matt out, put him in in a high chair, put a cake in front of him. We all said happy birthday. He just bursts into tears. (laughs) Because he had just woken up, and then everyone just sang a song. He's like, I don't know what's going on anymore. (laughs) But, um, and then people were, like, eating a cake to try to encourage him, just watching people eat cakes, going, everyone has gone crazy. (laughs) but look the, the
0: next few years got a little bit easier so we, we went we decided that home birthdays were not our thing yes it is cheaper but it's a lot more organisation and also our our house doesn't have a good flow to it no it's it's it was built in the 70s and everything's very kind of cut off whereas i mm. i'm i'm looking forward one day to living in a house in with open plan like every other house in the world right now uh, that's well currently being built um but yes i agree it just it wasn't particularly conducive to having people in a gathering personally. So yeah, you even like
1: in... your parents' old house, your parents' new house, my parents' house, they're much easier to have a group of people in a single area. We don't really have that unless you want to stand in the hallway. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We cordon people off. It, it inherently allows for clicks. The backyard uh, works okay, but that's only in the right weather. Exactly, and you know, Melbourne. So And, yeah. and the boys are July baby, so it's like... Middle of winter. Middle of winter for their birthday, and it might be 40 degrees for Christmas. So. <laughs> we luckily have a large tree, so we, I think we use that to keep people shaded and cool yes. during Christmas. But yeah, planning an outdoor party in July is not a great plan. No. So, so uh,
0: play centres, or soft play centres, are what I think the Brits call them. I don't know what the Americans call them. Um, is where we ended up... For the, for the subsequent years. And I think the challenge there was inviting the right people, I guess. Because we essentially... I think we kept it fairly broad for quite a while. Because I think at that point the kids didn't really have much of an understanding of friends. They just kind of knew other children were present. Or they kind of play around them rather than necessarily playing with them.
1: Yeah, I'd say the first four birthdays were kind of like people we knew that we really liked. And people we knew who had kids. Yeah, Um, and then I think their fifth birthday it started to be a combination of like sort of people we knew combined with their few friends. Yeah, and then their sixth birthday, which was prep, was kind of the first time it was like okay, everything's about their friends. Mm. Um, I think grandparents and their friends.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I I think once again the challenge was. The singing of Happy Birthday. Because I distinctly remember we had... They had a Pokemon-themed party for their... Sixth? Sixth. Yeah. Sixth birthday. And we went to great lengths to make this thing Pokemon-themed. We had, like, a Pokemon hunt. And we even hired a guy to dress up as Pikachu. Admittedly, that was part of the package they kind of offered. Like, great, let's do that. Yes.
1: So, we could have had the the Play Center mascot or a Pikachu.
0: Yes. So, um, unfortunately when it came time to sing happy birthday, so there were, there was a combined b- birthday party. So it ended up being around 30 something kids, I think possibly, possibly slightly more, but I can't, but not much more. And on top of that, be able to, cause they were in the same class. No, but they were like siblings as well. Oh yes. Yeah, so we're siblings. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. So, and then the parents all hung around as well. Cause we were not at, at this, the age of, you know, drop off parties. Yeah. And Jake had this massive freak out. Like, we have photographic evidence of him freaking out. Because we to, we, they, we sang happy birthday and he looked visibly tense. Mm. And then we tried to take a photo after taking the, the happy ber- seeing happy birthday. And you could see him off to the side hugging you. So he was right at the edge of the photo. And we, I think I might have tried to cut you out so it just looked like he was there. Yeah, we had to calm him down and bring him back in for... The photo. <laughs> yeah, because it was like an all-kids photo. That was why. Like, we didn't have all the parents and everything as well. But it, it's, you know, the, the challenge of raising children with autism. Some some things they seem to do well with, mm-hmm. you know? So, being in a crowded place, he's generally
1: fine with. And so also, Matt was obviously okay and Jake wasn't. So, yeah, it, one thing, you can never assign something across the board. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, and, and it, you know, this, these place centres are quite large, but these kids were not quiet kids. But that was fine. You know, when when Matt and Jake are enjoying themselves, these things don't generally present themselves. Mm. It has to be fairly overwhelming if we're looking at it like a scale. It has to really tip the scales pretty heavily when things are going so well. And unfortunately, it turned out, yeah, that the noise and the attention was probably a bit too much for him. So it's something we'd have to... We've learned to be more conscious about. Although, I think by their seventh or eighth birthday, which was the bowling party, I think part of the trick was to just not have everyone facing them. (laughs) And just like because we had the, mm-hmm. and at the bowling party, we had one of those like long benches or like the long
1: tables. See the bo- the bowling party, like the bowling place party room. I hate the acoustics. I I find it really uncomfortable to be in there. Yeah, lots of lots of, of, of like sensory thing. I don't I don't know how the kids cope.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. But you know these these little things we just have to be very wary of mm. uh, because it really it stuffs up their enjoyment, and that's yeah. the point of these celebrations. We want to be able to enjoy it. You don't want them having a meltdown during their own birthday. Yeah, mm. exactly. And I think coming back to the Christmas thing, one of uh, one of the key things that we came to terms with is that even if we want to stay around for longer, if the kids decided they were done, we just had to be done. Like, trying to distract them or push them further just wasn't worth it because they were miserable. But so the Switches a few years ago worked. Yeah, so bringing the Switches along helped, And I think that was also a social thing too because their cousins also enjoyed playing on the Switch and well, t- you know, playing like Mario Kart and joints things or just, you know, playing their own individual games while uh, Jake and Matt watched. I think mm. that worked some way. But once again, I think it worked better because the cousins were there. It was something different and engaging. Whereas I reckon if they were just at a different place doing what they would have done at home, it, there, there might not have been quite that distinction or they might Maybe. have just gone... Oh, I'd rather do this at home instead. Mm. Admittedly, that may be me projecting, because I definitely think that I probably would do that.
1: Yes, and you wanted to leave Christmas. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I The the big the big family thing just wasn't, didn't make me feel comfortable at all. Yeah. I, I remember... I mean, the kid's it, on the switches, and you with one person you actually want to talk to do the dishes. <laughs> That's right. And then I can actually socialise. <laughs> no, I think I remember it might have been the kid's second Christmas.
0: We were at your cousin's house, and it was an even bigger group of people than normal, because not only... Did we have your parents and your family and as well as members from your mum's side of the family, but also some of the cousins from the cousin's side of the family. So it was like three levels of family. So it ended up being... A lot more
1: people you didn't know as well.
0: Absolutely right. Um, And I never do well in a situation where everyone knows each other, but I don't know who the hell everyone else is. And um, I actually spent most of the time with the kids in the playroom. Because yeah. Because it was just much more comfortable for me. I'm like, great. I don't have to think about socializing. I'm just here being a parent. Woohoo. And so, my family's got used to you being like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they didn't really have much of a choice. Otherwise, they'd have another, a third kicking, screaming baby. <laughs> <laughs> It, so having the kids as an excuse was convenient, but also it, it's something we just had to be wary
1: of, that at some point they're just going to be over it. Yeah. Um, that, is, that is true. Like, they do get over things, and we kind of have to just accept that. Although over the years it has gotten
0: better because they've been spending more time with the grandparents sleeping over, so they've kind of found the things that
1: entertain them and other ways to occupy themselves. So but I think this year, Chinese New Year, was the time when I was over it before anyone else.
0: Do for Chinese New Year, we went
1: to your parents' house, but it was only a few days after we got back from traveling with your parents. <gasps> oh, yeah, we had that dinner with my fake cousins. Yeah. Yeah. Your fake
0: sister. My fake sister. Don't that's right. Demoted or fake cousin. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, she is an actual cousin, a fake sister. That's right. <laughs> Sorry. Context: My mum has emotionally adopted this uh, this woman who I think is a roughly our age. I'd actually had never really asked her um, who she she met, uh, got involved with because they they bought some investment properties together. Like she's a she's big on real estate, um, and she's she's lovely, and her family is lovely. She's got two kids, uh, maybe a little bit older. I think one. One, maybe one younger, one older than Matt yeah. and Jack. Um, and they—they're all, all nerds, so that they get along pretty well. Uh, so, but this is the first time there was we all of them playing the did... Switch. Yeah, 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 that helps. Uh, God bless Nintendo. But the uh, the point is that yeah, we had a we had a big family to do, and uh, look. It was literally down the street from our house. I was fine with what was happening. I wasn't exactly enjoying myself. But yeah, you definitely got sick of it faster.
1: Yeah, I think I... Because we'd been travelling a lot. We'd only just sort of barely got back. Like, now that we've been locked down for most of the year, I probably should have taken advantage of actually being to go-out. Had you known. Had I known. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think I just hadn't regained my, emo- like my social energy from travelling. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, I think... I'm not sure if I've spoken about this, but I, I had a lot more trouble with the overnight flights because I was the one who didn't sleep. Yeah. So sometimes I'd be awake for like thirty-six hours straight. Mm, yes. Whereas everyone like the kids would sleep on the plane and you'd sleep on the plane and your parents would sleep on the plane. So then there was points I was just exhausted. So yeah, I think we just got back a few days earlier. It had been an overnight flight, so I'd been up for like thirty six hours straight barely made it back to my bed <laughs> yeah what many times one of the like the taxi drivers to pull over and just say i i know where i am now i'll sleep on the nature strip when i wake <laughs> up i'll walk because <laughs> i was just so over being awake <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so i i just i was over it before i even started and i was like i just don't really want to talk to people i don't really know yeah Um, which Chinese New Year did a lot to us. So that's another, another
0: family celebration where a bunch of people get together and it's like different tiers of things, you know. So before the kids, or maybe when the kids were super young, maybe, you know, we used to have these big... Big Chinese New Year celebrations because my parents had this sort of group of couple friends that they had about like there were probably five couples all together, and then they had their kids as well. And so, there'd be this obligation where all of us would get together for Chinese New Year, there'd be this big feast. But of course, you and I were still relegated to the kids' table because invariably, we're always going
1: to be someone's and the kids' dessert. table was. Just some couches where we were watching TV. It was very easy. Yeah. Like I kind of missed those days where it was the same people each time and we just watched American uh Strain Idol or whatever it was. <laughs> that was easy to do.
0: There were subsequent years when there were some randos as well, like people that mum then reconnected with. I think as as things it, were yeah, every, apart every, of and now, for a of every now and then
1: there would be a random person. But I wasn't really expecting to, to make small, like sometimes they just talk in Vietnamese. Like no one's even expecting me to respond. <laughs> and also, your mum's old house. I used to just go lay down your room because it was so far away from everything. Yeah. And no one cared. Yeah. True. <laughs> I'm just like everyone's speaking Vietnamese, and I just don't. I just want to go lay down somewhere. Oh, uh, we
0: should we should talk about the um the baby shower or whatever that thing was. You know when my parents
1: made them reach for the object? Have we yeah. talked about that? No, I no think we talked about that. So that was um like. I think it's sounded their first birthday. It was some... Might have been like a family celebration for their first
0: birthday, perhaps. Yeah, but it was like a...
1: Yeah, like sort of a first birthday ritual slash birthday party thing.
0: Yeah. So this is... I think it's a Chinese tradition, actually. And I don't know whether Vietnamese people traditionally do it. But admittedly, you know, Vietnamese people do a lot of things Chinese people do because that's just how it is. Um, Basically, the idea is that... A tray or a a bunch of objects is laid out in front of the infant. And each object represents something. Now, my mum had not done this before. She'd read it somewhere in a book at some point and vaguely remembered things, but kind of took took her own liberties with the meanings of things. So there was an egg, a stethoscope, a dictionary. I can't remember what else there was.
1: Anyway, so my mum—the <clears throat> so egg meant they were going to be a fertility doctor. The stem <laughs> meant they were going to be a GP. The dictionary meant they were just going to be a doctor, <laughs> just the doctor. Um, the comb meant they were going to be a brain surgeon. Was there a
0: comb? <laughs> That's what. So, so like the egg was meant to be like they would get have prosperity,
1: and the dictionary might have been like that. Well, knowledge. I looked it up later because Matt did choose the egg. Um, and then no one could remember what it meant, <laughs> so I looked it up the next day, and it meant he will never go hungry. Ah, yeah. So basically, going. if you choose food, it means you'll never go hungry. Yes, uh,
0: but my mum, in her infinite tiger mumness, kept pushing the boys towards the stethoscope, desperately wanting them to be like, "Yes, this is destiny. Eh, eh, eh. Go get the stethoscope." But yeah, that was that was a very odd. Uh, and Jake chose nothing <laughs> He refused to choose And just clung to her the entire time <laughs> Which she didn't necessarily mind She nothing. enjoyed the cuddles But yes it kind of defeated the purpose of the uh, of the event But that also I don't remember who attended that It felt, it felt like there were a lot of people at that event
1: I think, I feel like it was that original group Because I think the two Kimmies Oh yeah They were there because one of them was talking about the fact that she chose the comb when mm. she was a baby, apparently, mm. I remember that. So I think I think it was that sort of crowd yeah. that I've been around most of the time. I've been around. Yeah. Anyway, family
0: celebrations. I think it just. Uh, it just it takes it getting used to. I think and really figuring yeah. out the how to negotiate everyone's needs. I mean. It, Essentially, it shouldn't matter whether you have autism or not. It should just matter that if you're not enjoying yourself, you should be allowed to leave.
1: Yes, that is very true. Like, it might be one of those things where, you know, everyone should be treated the way we say, like, autistic people should be treated. Yeah. But yeah, I think family celebrations might also have been the main point where we actually had cultural differences. <laughs> yes. True. Um, having both grown up in the same country, there's probably, yeah these family celebrations are probably the only time when I really sort of felt like we had cultural difference. Mm. Even if mine was like wasp culture. <laughs> <laughs> it's a culture. It's it just a... <laughs> generic is all. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right. On that note, uh, we're going to end it there. So for those of you who do celebrate Christmas, Merry Christmas. And if you don't celebrate Christmas, enjoy the end of the year. Enjoy saying goodbye to 2020 because, you know... I think we can all agree that it needs to be left behind. Although I think we said that about 2016 too. Yeah, so which bro-
1: year was it that we all hated? I
0: think it was 2017. Was it 2017?
1: It was, it was when Trump was elected.
0: was that 2016?
1: I'm glad we've forgotten this. So he was elected nice. in 2016, but he was inaugurated we right in, in 2017. But I think 2017 is the year like everyone died. Oh. And that's why we hated it. Fair enough. Because we we're naive enough to think that four people dying was a big deal. <laughs> four famous people dying. There's yes. a difference. I'm sure four famous people have died this year. Like, <laughs> There was a point where coronavirus was just killing like drummers of old bands I'd never heard of.
0: Yeah. True. Anyway, so uh, enjoy the end of the year. We are going to be taking a break, probably for a few months. So please check, if you still need your fix, check out our old episodes if you haven't checked them out. Follow us uh, on Instagram and Facebook at The Atypical Rainbow. We'll be posting up a whole bunch of puppy pictures, probably, and maybe some Christmas photos with, you know, heads cut off for anonymity purposes. Who knows? We'll try to... figure you the Elizabeth. puppy. Except <laughs> for the puppy. puppy gets of all attention. and a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, keep in touch with us. And, yeah, join us again for Season 2, where we're going to take a slightly different direction with all of it. Get excited uh, and join us again next year. Thank you for listening this year. We really appreciate your loyalty and uh, we hope we've done you a service and informed you and entertained you and done all the things we intended to but may not And maybe them. hopefully made you feel less lonely. I know
1: podcasts have made me feel less lonely during coronavirus.
0: Yeah. So look after yourselves, everyone, and uh, we'll see you next time.